Giddy up under and in. And Giddy was 16. He is 6'8, 19 years of age, and playing one of the best games of his rookie season. NBA Strayer, how are you going? How are you going? It's NBA Strayer, it's Tuesday, December 21st. Oh, jeez. Christmas is like four days away. Hope you got everything wrapped up and ready to go. I think I do. I think. I don't know. Jeez, I hope I do. I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes, Rolling Stone, Triple J, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here. In Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season while repping Strayer a bit. That's what we do here. Don't take things too seriously, but we take making sure you know everything about the NBA and what's going on very seriously. Very serious, very serious about that. Anyway, I'll tell you what. Finally, just a kind of sedate NBA day today, which was very nice. I enjoyed that. Uh, no more games were postponed yet. Uh, we also obviously lost some more players to the COVID health and safety protocols. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're a bunch of replacement players signed. Uh, all six games are covered in the NBA Australia game wraps. Had some crackers too. Uh, we've got a juicy slab, but that's not an eye for made. No made spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got yeah, Nas. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. And we've got our back takehouse where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's Australian player watch. Oh, it was a great one today. Jingles, Gids, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale. Love that. And we've got the uh, NBA... Oh, Shane Hill, Shooter, Shoot, Shooter, Shot, Light'em Up Ward, and a uh, big bunch of game previews and picks for tomorrow. And we'll finish off with another Christmas-themed Jingles HR. How good's that? Oh, yeah, it's pretty good, Jimmy. Yeah, not bad, eh? All right, let's get to it. Episode 724 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. You better watch out for the jock attack. If you're the Clippers, how good was that today? Loved it. I just love that Pop's realising, oh shit, I have a great big man on my bench. The big Aussie. I better actually fucking use him rather than waste his career like I did with Patty fucking Mills. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here. At NBA Australia with the Daily. Whip around, boom, there you go. Uh, Steve Kerr was introed as the new Team USA coach, a.k.a. The coach is going to get his ass kicked in both the uh, Paris Olympics and the World Cup by the Aussies. First coach uh, since 04 to not win the gold. It's going to be a tough one, Steve Kerr, I'm just saying. (laughs) Anyway, other news, Ja Morant was back, and he wasn't good enough to beat Josh Giddy. How good was that? The 73-point whooping that the Grizzlies put on the uh, Thunder last time. The turnaround. Okay, so he beat him. Uh, but Ja Morant also had a couple of uh, weird words after the game. Turns out he was told maybe by some of the uh, courtside fans that, uh, hey, Ja, maybe you should, uh, should have waited to come back a bit because we're now losing. <laughs> Brutal. Pretty funny, but also brutal. Right, uh, should we dive into the COVID stuff? 100 players have now hit the protocol so far this season. Uh, the latest additions, Gary Terrence, Trent Darby Jr. up there in Toronto. 
Pat Bev and Jared Vanderbilt for the beleaguered Minnesota Timberwolves. They've got, like, nobody left. They've got, like, D'Lo and Cat. So that's fine. But if you want them to play defense, best of luck with that. Yeesh. Mark Shikliba, hello, uh, is the latest Mav as well. So tough scenes there. Uh, but at the same time, because there are only six games today and we'll probably have a slew more of our sort of, you know, the announcements about who is in and out of the protocols in the next few days. So keep your ears peeled. Uh, replacement signings. Here we go. This is the big list of who's actually joining the NBA. And we talked about this yesterday, how some of the Aussies may have, uh, you know, missed a bit of a trick by either going to sign in Europe, coming home, doing something, whatever. And uh, tell you what, Dante Exum, Kung Fu Thon, you reckon they'd be uh, in line for a call-up, but whatever. The Lakers, Mason Jones uh, from the South Bay Lakers, Jamario Jones from Wisconsin Herd. Uh, the Knicks have picked up Matt Mooney, uh, Matt Mooney from the old Capitans down there in Mexico City. I believe it's pronounced Mexico. Uh, Damian Dotson. Damian Dotson. I'm talking about Dotson here. Dotson. Dotson. Austin Spurs, Damian Dotson. Uh, the Raps have picked up John Morgan from the Maine Red Claws and Brandon Goodwin from the Westchester Knicks. And the return of Sauce Castillo. Nick Stauskas from uh, the Grand Rapids G League team. The Bulls, uh, they signed Alfonso McKinney to a second 10-day contract. And he went off today, I'll tell you that much. Uh, the Celtics have uh, picked up CJ Miles, the veteran CJ Miles. 15-year vet. Oh, bro, I'm just a bit of a stretch, small, big. <laughs> so are you a wing? Nah, I'm not that fast, man. Uh, the Mavs have picked up Theo Pinson from the Red Claws as well. The Magic picked up Freddie Dizzy Gillespie from the Memphis Hustle. How good's that? Your name's Dizzy Gillespie. Well, your name's Freddie Gillespie and you're playing in Memphis. I'm on that. Minnesota, they've uh, picked up Chris Silva, Ray John Tucker as well. And the Cavs, as mentioned yesterday, Luke Cornett, but also Justin Anderson from the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. And the Sixers. In addition to basketball, Paul, Paul Reed, Aaron Henry, Miles Powell, they've also picked up Tyler Johnson. So pretty gnarly. It's a lot of names, and it's a lot of, uh, as we mentioned yesterday, fringe NBA players are weekend winners at the moment because they're all getting called up. Uh, I believe Marquis Chris, uh, Marquise Chris is also adding his uh, services to the Mavs, which is hilarious and bad because he is not good. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Doc Rivers, he's got jokes. Uh, so with all the hardship allowances by the NBA... Doc was asked about it. He's like, yeah, I got a couple of calls from people. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You can't play anymore. I told one of them that you can't play basketball. What are you talking about? A round of golf? Yeah, good one, Doc. I'm sure big baby uh, Glenn (laughs) Glenn Davis was like, oh, that hurts my feelings, Doc. Right, let's do some game wraps. Oh, wait, players of the week. Uh, This week was Carl Anthony Towns in the West and in the East. Jason, 19-year-old Tatum. Oh, I can't believe he's still only 19 and he did that, bro. Not bloody bad, eh? Not bloody bad. But anyway, Kat and Jason Tatum, your players of the week. Right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Game raps. Absolute belter of Sixers Boston. So there was no line for this yesterday when we talked about it. And I decided to go head-to-head with the home team, you know, probably less decimated by COVID than the traveling team. And then you look at who Boston didn't have, and you're like, oh, God. They literally have nobody who's going to play center that isn't named Enos Freedom. Uh, and Enos Freedom at this point is basically Enos Freedom to score on me at will. Should be his full, full fucking name. Holy shit. Because, uh, look, Embiid dominated this and he dominated down the stretch. But it was a really fun game. And Boston probably missed the trick here 
Uh, with Tatum really well held and really well covered by the uh, the Sixers D. I'll tell you what, Matty T did a bloody sterling good job. And Doc Rivers has taken a page out of the uh, Boomers playbook. Out of Brian Gorgian's playbook and just go, look, every time we're going to play an absolute gun on offense, I'll just put Matty T into the starting lineup and just go, sick him, Matisse, sick him. And off he goes. Tatum was just in all sorts today. Jalen Brown went off, but yeah, Tatum was never able to get comfortable. It was a two-point game at the half. The Sixers just couldn't shake him. But the flip side was the Celtics couldn't get ahead either. It was weird. Uh, what was it? like? Talk about heavy lifting. Uh, this game for the Sixers was all Embiid, Curry, and Harris. I think in the first half, they had 45 of their 51 points. That is insane. Matty T was the only one to have any, any buckets. Uh, Jalen Brown, look, balanced Boston attack, but... They couldn't buy a three early. I think they're two or 12. And then the C's were rolling a little bit in the third. Smart was playing his ass off. He was picking off, picking off passes, jumping, passing lanes, disrupting everything they were doing. They had the lead going to the fourth, and it felt like they were going to pull it out, Boston, especially when Peyton Pritchard was like, oh, guess what? I'm going to hit every shot I take. And uh, talk about Boston crowds going crazy for somebody. They see Peyton Pritchard light up, and they're like, it's the second coming of Larry Bird, even though he's tiny. Uh... But the, like the Celtics actually had a seven-point lead like with four minutes to go. And the fact that they didn't win this and actually lost by five is pretty gnarly when you think about it. Uh, but Matty T hit a three, and it was beautiful because he had had a uh, wide-open one earlier that he just clanked, and you're like, oh, come on, man. Matty T, all I want to do, all I want to see is you canning those shots. You know, that's all I want. But, uh, you know, look, got the last one to go, which was the big important one because... Boom. The Celtics missed every shot they took for the next, well, I think it was like two and a half minutes. And then down the stretch, Joel Embiid. Like, the Sixers executed better. Like, Danny Green hit a three with a minute 45 left. They get back the lead. And then, boom, Jalen Brown turnover. Embiid turns into Dirk Nowitzki Embiid. It was unbelievable. Seriously, he absolutely fucking nailed it. It was incredible. Three mid-range jumpers, 14, 16, and 17, or 18 feet jumpers in a row. He also blocks a Marcus Smart layup and then picks off the goddamn pass at the end of the game where Boston still could have tied it up because it was 10, I believe it was 103, 106. A couple of seconds left on the clock. Inbounds going to Jalen Brown. MB just goes, wait a second. Like the world's tallest uh, free safety or cornerback if you're into the old NFL. And boom. Got it. Insane vibes. It was awesome. It was a great, incredible finish to a game. One of the ones where you're just like, what just happened? Embiid just went absolutely fucking crazy and scored all the points down the stretch, hit some insanely hard shots and had a block and had a steal. Fuck you. 30 for Jalen Brown. He was awesome. Tatum, 17, 9, and 6, but he had six turnovers and shot 5 of 14 and 0 of 3 from 3. Yikes. Freedom, everybody. 15, 11. Freedom for your life. 15 and 6 for Marcus. Smart. Pritchard at 14 up the bench, but Schroeder, look, one of those classic German Rondo. I'm Dennis Schroeder. Games where he's just bad. Eight points on 10 shots. One assist, one turnover. Romeo Langford goes 0 of 3. Looked like the mole at times did uh, Dennis and uh, Romeo, but look, they just didn't quite have enough. And this is the, this is what happens with your shorthanded teams, right? Like, the Celtics relying so much on Brown and Tatum. If Tatum doesn't light it up as well, then you're in trouble. Because the Sixers had Embiid go absolutely fucking ham. But Curry and Harris were there as well, right? So Embiid goes for 41, 10, and 5. Three dudes do all the heavy lifting. Curry has 26 and 7, and Harris has 25 as well. Unbelievable scenes. Curry was awesome. He shot 10 of 14 from the floor, 3 3 from 3. 
three for free, and so did uh, Tobias Harris, the never nude. He went three or three for free. Three or three for free. It's a bit of Adam Zawar for you. Uh, Matty T, he had seven points, three rebounds, fouled out. Anti-Australian bias, classic. Uh, but Danny Green, as mentioned, got that last three to go. And it's like, thank God, he was two of eight for his eight points. And they had literally one point. One point for the Sixers off the bench. That's how shorthanded they were. But their best three played better than the Celtics' best three. They win. They're now 16 and 15. Flip it up and reverse it. That's Boston, 15 and 16. Chicago kicked their shit out of Houston, 133-118. This is a belting. Rockets, uh, look, they got Christian Wood and Eric Gordon back, but still got shit pumped. It was 73-54 at the half, and yeah, Chicago just ran him out of the state after that. It was gnarly. 23 and 11 for what ScoMo's got for personal responsibility, a.k.a. Christian Wood. Uh, 16-5 and 6 for Jay Sean Tate. 15s are Armoni Brooks and Kenya Martin Jr., but... They got killed by the Bulls. Didn't DeRozan there was awesome. 26 and 6. He shot 11 of 18, but Lonzo was great today. 19 and 5 with 8 assists, 5 steals. Went 4 and 9 from downtown. He was great. 18, 6 and 4 for Vooch. Kobe. Kobe White off the bench had 24. He was unbelievable. And Alfonso McKinney, as I mentioned, 16 points. On the day, he got his second 10 day contract. You love it. Houston then had 10 and 21. Chicago, 19 and 10. That's a good win for the Bulls. Because Houston, especially when they get, you know, Christian Wood and Eric Gordon back, it's one of those random shitty punches chance. Maybe they'll just make a million threes, and they did not. So <laughs> good job, Chicago. OKC Memphis, what a bloody game. I'll tell you what, this one's for real. Uh, no team has ever lost to a team after beating them by 73 in the previous game. That's literally never happened because nobody's ever beaten anybody by 73, obviously. And then OKC came out and did that to Memphis. They beat them. 102-99 in an absolutely crazy, wildly strange game. The Grizz were fucking killing them early. It was like 16 points. Kids got a couple of threes to go, though. And I think I tweeted out about one very strange sequence where he missed a free throw, tipped out the rebound, got the pass back, kicks it over to Poku. Poku gives it back to him. Gids looks off Moose Muscala and just nails a fucking three. It was unreal. And... So the Thunder fought back in the second. They tied up. They clawed into the lead in the third. They're up 10. And then the Grizzlies turn it back up. They grind back into the lead in the fourth. Looked like they're going to walk away with They're up five with four minutes left. But then Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't cover himself in glory in this game. I'll tell you that much. Fouls Moose Muscala on a three. Then turns the ball over. Then misses a fucking floater right in the paint after a Thunder turnover. It's the old, ah, oh, we really should have scored on one of these three trips kind of vibes. And then Kenrick Williams hits a shot in the paint. It's tied again. Uh, and then Gids finds Kenny, Kenny Williams, Kenrick Williams. I'm going to call him Kenny. Finds him for a massive three. They go back and forth all the way down the stretch, basically trading buckets until and the lead, essentially, until Giddy gets a nifty pass from SGA. Beautiful little layup. The lead again. Slow-mo Cole Anderson misses a jumper. Like, basically, the entire offense for the Grizzlies falls apart on this last play. And Slow-mo just, like, sort of throws up a prayer, misses that. And they get a uh, they get a timeout. Do SGA basically brings the ball up over half court, trapped. They call a timeout. And then he gets an insane layup to go over the top of three Grizzlies. It was beautiful. Uh, he gets a steal right after that. Free throws, boom. The Thunder up five. They roll from there. It got a bit hairy. Like, Gid's made one of two of his free throws at the end. Good to see that. Put him up four. Uh, but it was a huge win for OKC. The fight. you got to love the fight. And the Grizzlies, of course, like, Jar, they go, what was it? Uh, 
Without Ja Morant, I believe they were 10-2, and two, and then he comes back and they lose straight away. So, uh, I mean, not ideal, bro. Not ideal. Like, if you're Ja Morant, you're like, oh, come on, man. Is it me? Is it me? What do I do? What do I do? But anyway, look. Without Ja, the Grizz are interesting. A bit weird. Well, you know, a bit, a bit crazy. 10-2 and two without him. That's just insane. But comes back. I mean, they still got outscored by 15 points when Ja sat in the first half. So, let's just chill. You know, it's not his fault. He had 16, 6, and 8. He only played 28 minutes. Uh, Desmond Bain at 25. He was great. He's going to pop up later. 5 of 9 from downtown. Triple J, 15 points on 5 of 15 shooting. Ugh. Sometimes you watch Jaron Jackson Jr. play and you're like, have you played basketball before or not? <laughs> it's so weird. Dylan Brooks had 19, but just not enough on the bench for the Grizz. 8 of 26 shooting and 1 of 9 from 3 combined. The Thunders, SGA, Shy Red, Gilgis Alexander has 23, 5, and 4, and 3 steals. Goes 8 of 19. He was awesome. He goes 0 of 5 from downtown, but Jesus, I mean, that layup that put them back up 3 down the stretch where he just goes over the top of everybody expecting to get fouled. Like, he's just so, like, his arms are that fucking long that I don't think the defenders realized it was going over the top of them until it was in. Gids, 19, 5, and 11. Awesome game for him. He just can't crack the 20 point mark. It kills me. Uh, but 11, that's his career, equal career high for assists. Good stuff. He's tearing it up. We'll talk about him later. 12 and 6 for Dort. And uh, Kenny Williams at 13. 10 and 7 for Baisley. Good win for the Thunder. They're now 10 and 19. Memphis, 19 and 13. Utah were kicking the shit out of Charlotte. Then they made it a bit hairy. 112-102. It ends up in the end. Uh, the Jazz had this in the bag. They're up 22. They couldn't hit a fucking shot, the Yaz. And then Charlotte started making shots. And it got very weird. Like they were still at 15 in the fourth quarter. And then, look, they'd been beating them all game very handily, but they never quite killed him dead because they were playing so badly and shooting so badly. And, of course, the Hornets come flying back. They lead the damn game with three and a half minutes to go. It's like, what just happened? That was a 15-point game like three minutes ago. And I'll tell you what, it was just like weird shot after weird shot for the Hornets. Lamello was lighting it up. Rosé was like Bridges was hitting stuff out of nowhere. McDaniels was hitting stuff. And off they went. But uh, Utah settled. Like Conley drew a foul. Boyan hit a beautiful corner three and then hit another one straight after that. And uh, I think which answered a Lamello three. So Lamello answered that Boyan corner three, which was an insane shot. The net barely moves. Boyan throws in another one, though. And then Donnie Mitchell gets an and one. They go from there. Utah, just the size of relief because this team has blown weird leads like that and just sort of shit the bed in just extreme fashion. But they held on here. Lamello ends up with 21-6-11. Bloody good game. 20 for Rose, Terry Rozier. Miles Bridges, 21-11-4. Tell you what, the most improved player award. Uh, you watch him and you're like, oh, he's all right. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, he's back. Five points, 2-9 shooting. Uh, McDaniels, as mentioned, 14-5. and five. He had a pretty good game. But the Jazz, they shoot 35% win, which is gnarly. Rudy Gobert, the staff of tower, breaks his uh, amazing run of shooting 50% in games. Goes 4 of 10. He had 23 points and 21 rebounds. He was unreal. 15-16 and 16 at the line. Insane stuff. Uh, Bojan had 23. He nailed five threes. 21-6-6 uh, six and six for Donnie Mitchell. Conley, look, he shot 4 of 13, but he ends up with a 14-6-4 and... Four and uh, Sometimes it's nice just to have a steady hand next to Donnie Mitchell down the stretch, and that's what Conley was today. 16-17 and 17 for Charlotte in the end. 21-9 for the Yaz. Golden State! 
Can't believe they didn't cover this game. They won by 15. I think the line that we picked yesterday was 15 and a half. What a world. 113, 98 over the Kings. Shorthanded Kings versus the shorthanded Warriors, right? <laughs> Both teams with a bunch of plays in the COVID protocols. The Warriors read this out a little bit better because they've still got Steph Curry and Draymond, basically, is how it came down to it. Uh, Halliburton couldn't miss. Like, it was a 15-point lead for the Warriors, and then in the third quarter, it turned into a Sacramento lead out of fucking nowhere. You're like, what just happened? And, like, Halliburton was on fire. Heald chucked in some shots. Chimizzi Mitsu, Harrison Barnes, they chip in, boom. But then right at the end of the third quarter, Gary Payton the second just, like, turned the game around, scored five straight points out of nowhere. He was awesome. Then they get to open the fourth. Curry three, Curry three, Curry two. Iggy three, Steph layup, they're back up 10, and down the stretch, Curry hit some more shots. They pulled out some, like, crazy behind-the-back passes, no-look pass from Steph behind the back for Iggy. Ah, they ran away with it in the end. Halliburton was really good, though, 24-11 and 11 for him. That's 11 assists. He's, uh, you know, without Darren Fox there, Sacramento are going to be sitting there going, oh, yeah, <laughs> I think we're onto something here, which is good because they've drafted three straight fucking point guards. Anyway... Buddy Hield, 18 points for him, 19 and 6. Oh, well, not three straight because there's Marvin Bagley. But they took Fox. They take Bags. Oh, God damn it. You take Davion Mitchell and Halliburton. It's just... Anyway, 19 and 6 for Barnes against his old team. Four of seven from downtown. It was good to see Iguodala, like, going to high-five Harrison Barnes after a shot. And it's like, oh, wait, no. Harrison's not on my team anymore. <laughs> and Draymond's kid going and just, you know... Basically trolling Clay, I thought that was pretty good. Chimezi Mete was also very good again, 16-6-3. But look, nothing else for the shorthanded Kings team. 19 turnovers didn't help them either. Warriors, they shot over 52%, 15-37 from downtown. Steph, he started 1-8 of eight from 3, finished 4-12, end up with 30. It's like Steph can have a bad game and still end up with 30 and turn the game around at the start of the fourth quarter. That's just how good he is. Damian Lee at 18. Draymond with the triple-double. He was awesome today. 16-11-10, two steals and two blocks. Just did a little bit of everything. 12s each for uh, Gary Payton the second. He also had three steals and not two. I like to get blood to Porter. And Sacramento dropped a 13 and 19. Golden State, 25 and 6. And finally, the San Antonio Banderas Spurs kicked the shit out of the Clippers. 116-92 in LA. This was a fun one. This was a really close game to begin with. And bang, rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landale came in. Nailed a couple of threes, and then the game was never close again. Seriously. Well, I mean, it was fun because, like, the Clippers got it. They were down 30. That's how bad of a beatdown this was, right? Like, DeJounte Murray was just stomping all over the top of them. Uh, they were down 30 in the fourth quarter, but they had a run in the middle of the fourth. And you're like, oh, geez, we better call a timeout. It's down to 21. Yeah, you're still down 21, and there's seven minutes to go. I think, uh, anyway, the, <laughs> the Spurs settled in and... Uh, Smash him from there. But that's the problem. Like, the uh, Clippers had no one. Like, Paul George was awesome. 25, 6, and 6. But the best one, like, next best was, like, Zubes. Avicii Zubach was 12 and 12. Reggie Jackson goes 4 of 12 for 10 points. And nothing else for the Clippers. The Duckman, Luke Kennard, continues to be uh, wildly up and down. Serge Ibaka looks more cooked than uh, your old man Snags. And uh, the Spurs, I mean, Dejunta Murray, he was awesome. 24, 12, and 13 with four steals, did everything, and hit threes, which is the big knock on him. He went four of six from downtown today. It was awesome. 17, 11, and five for Teenage Mutant, Jakob Pertle. Dougie McBuckets had 16. Calden Johnson had 12 and 12, and Big Cock Jock. That's right. Big Cock Jock Landau, eight points, five rebounds. That's a new NBA career high. One assist and one block. He had two, and then the scorers took one off him. So what the fuck just happened? 
He went 2-2 two two from downtown, though. Absolute gun from downtown. Clippers, they dropped to 16-15. and 15. The San Antonio Banderas Spurs, 12-18 and 18 now. And, of course, Orlando-Toronto was postponed, so that's why this game wasn't uh, covered today, because it didn't fucking happen. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> that's not a knife. That's a knife. Uh, I kind of wanted to give this to Dijunte Murray. Because he 100% went at the Clippers like, I'm the best player here. Fuck you, Paul George, which was awesome. Ends up with a great triple-double. Obviously, so did Draymond. Really good performances, but nothing, nothing is going to come close to topping Embiid and what he did, right? Like, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 4 blocks. I know that the Celtics didn't have, like, any centers outside of Enos the Penis Freedom Canter. And... I mean, that's what happens when you're guarded by freedom. It's Enos freedom to score at will, please. And they had, like, no power forwards, no average Al Horford, no Time Lord Robert Williams. They've just got no size. But Embiid, the steal at the end was incredible to cap off, like, those three insane mid-range jumpers that just completely turned the game on its head. He was absolutely unbelievable. Like, what a game. To watch a big man do that, you're just like, this is almost unfair. To be that good of a shooter... At that size, seven foot two Cameroonian Dirk Nowitzki crossed with Andrew Gaze. Holy shit, Embiid. So, uh, yeah, that's the NBA's trophy performance of the night because, as I mentioned, he basically won the game off his own back. Like, those last three buckets were insanely tough. Like, out of, like, you know, the percentile of, like, how tough are these fucking shots to hit down the stretch of a game where you've already played a bunch of minutes, it's like 95% fucking tough. And the 5% that gets you over the line is just heart and grit. You know, that's how Delhi made his entire NBA career. But 41-10-5 with two steals and four blocks. Fucking Al Joel Embiid. You better believe that's an NBA story approved performance of the night. But who is Spud of the night? Spud, 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 Spud of the night. Royce O'Neal was 0 of 8, and then he hit the uh, dagger 3 right at the end of that Jazz game, uh, where it was an 8-point lead still, and he hits a 3, and suddenly it's 11. So he ends up 1 of 9 uh, for his 3 points, 1 of 6 from downtown. He did have 13 rebounds, though, did Royce, so you can't shoot him for that. 3 assists, 1 steal. Uh, instead, we're going to go with De'Anthony Melton. So Memphis lose to OKC by 3 points. He went 1 of 8 from the floor, 0 of 4 from downtown. Uh, it was a bit of a rough one there for uh, D'Anthony Melton with his four points. Very, very spud territories. Ish Smith for Charlotte went one of six against the Yaz. Not ideal. And uh, look, 26 minutes, the entire Philly bench. Isaiah Joe was the only one to score for the Philly bench. As I mentioned, not ideal. They had one point, and that was a free throw that he hit. Otherwise, the Philly bench, one point for the entire game. 0 of five shooting combined. It was basically a six-player team for the Sixers, and they won that game, which is insane. Uh, who was old mate? No mates, though. Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? German Toronto and Dennis Schroeder. Boston Twitter was a fire because look, one of my favorite vibes for old mate, no mates is when you get back on the team bus. What's everybody's sort of response? And if you walk in onto that bus and it goes deathly quiet and nobody sits next to you and they all just sort of clear out and sort of move their bag next to them so you can't sit there. 
That's what Dennis Schroeder would have copped today. He looked off Jalen Brown in the corner. He missed passes to Tatum. It's like, Dennis, if you're not going to play within a team structure, mate, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And uh, Celtics Twitter was not impressed by uh, Schroeder's performance, I'm just saying. So that was some uh, very, 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 very strong old mate, no mates. Nah, mate, German Rondo's your fucking mate. He's not my mate. He's your fucking mate, mate. So there you go. On your dentist. Pantsing of the night. This is a weird one. So there's a kid in the video. Everyone sort of, uh, you know, one of the house of highlights kind of ones. And KD pants him. It's like, KD, Kevin Durant is like watching shit on his phone in the health and safety protocols. He's like, this shit stinks. And like some dude comes back and says, he's just a kid, champ. And KD's like, it's about habits, man. And uh, I'm kind of here with KD on this one, like pantsing this fucking weird video where the kid very clearly travels, like rolls it around their back as they're taking like two or three weird sidesteps and goes back the other way, launches a shot and still fucking misses. And uh, I do like that KD's like, yeah, it's about habits. Yeah, it is. Sometimes you watch that sort of shit, like you see the, you know, you know the classic sort of over-dribbling uh, compilations or whatever, and you're like, all right, that's great, but what the fuck happens when you actually come up against a half-decent defender, you sort of idiot? So the kid in the video, or at least whoever posted it, being pants by KD, bit brutal, but at the same time, kind of here for it because, I mean, for all that sort of fancy shit, you still got to hit the fucking shot, <laughs> you know? Just saying. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. How good were both the balls today? Lamelo goes for 21-6-11. and 11. Uh, Shot the hell out of it too. He goes 3-7 from downtown, 8-20 from the floor. Lonzo was awesome. I already mentioned this one. 19-5-8 with five steals. He goes 6-12 from the floor, 4-9 of nine from three. So, I guess... Lamelo has a slight edge in the assists and the scoring, but his uh, shooting percentage is a little bit lower and doesn't have five fucking steals. Of course, he was playing against Utah, whereas Lonzo was playing against basically like the Red Fern under 12s, aka the Houston Rockets. So let's all just, you know, settle down a bit. Uh, I did want to give some shine to some other young dudes, though. Kobe! Kobe White off the bench for the uh, Bulls, again against the aforementioned Rockets. The Red Fern under 12s. Uh, 5 of 9 from downtown goes Kobe. 5 of 5 at the line. 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and he's 24 points. I love him. Oh, if you've listened to this show on the reg, you fucking know that I love Kobe White. He's awesome. And of course, Tyrese Halliburton, when he's aggressive, he looks unreal. And you kind of like look at him, and he does feel like the ideal sort of dude to play next to Darren Fox, right? But it also feels like it's not the... There is like a little bit too much redundancy across their skill sets, and then you sort of see him and Buddy go off a little bit today, and you're like, maybe we should be trading Jared Fox, you know, I'm just saying. Halliburton, 24 points, 11 assists, 3 steals, goes 8 of 18 and 2 of 4 from downtown. Uh, I'm not sure if either of them are better than Lonzo Ball today, because Lonzo was awesome, so was Lamello, so let's just all call it even, and go do some year nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. Oh, 
All right, let's do some ENRs. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. It's uh, summer, obviously. And if you're in Melbourne, the metro Melbourne area, you get same-day delivery before noon if you order with thedailyliquor.com. Don't go to the bottle-o. Bring the bottle-o to you. Don't go get the Omicron. You don't need it. They'll bring this booze to your door, uh, Rona-free, and this way you won't be breathing in the fumes of some other moron standing in front of you at the bottle-o. You know what I'm saying? All their beers, wines, and cocktails incredible. Go check it out right now at thedailyliquor.com. Bang in the code STRAYER. And you'll get a free six-pack of the DOS Blockos XPA. Punished a few of those, the Red Devils, on the weekend. I'll tell you that much. So go check it out. Bang in that code straight. Get a free six-pack on you, mate, Jimmy. Right. Yeah, Nas. Uh, did NBA.com get their top five power rankings right today? Number one, Suns. Number two, Warriors. Number three, Yaz. Number four, Cavs. Number five, Nets. Yeah, nah. Oh, the more I thought about this, the more I was kind of like, nah, yeah, oh, nah. Because it's just been such a fucky week. I think one and one's easy. The Suns are crushing everybody. The Warriors had a weird fucky weekend, but an okay week. Same for the Jazz. So I think the top three is all right. But right now, I pr- like the Cavs missing a bunch of dudes. Like they're on a six-game win streak, but... If we're going to go, like, right now for the entire season, you probably still have the Nets over the Cavs. And obviously, if everybody's healthy, off you go. But right now, the Nets aren't healthy, and you might... I'm all right with the Cavs maybe at four. But I might even have the Bulls over the Nets because they've been a little bit more impressive even while missing dudes. So, yeah, maybe Bulls five, Nets six. But who'd have thunk that? COVID destroys everybody, but the Cavs are still the number one ranked team in the East. Unbelievable. Cavs Warriors, what do you reckon? Could we do with our... Another NBA Finals. This time it's Darius Garland versus Steph Curry in the NBA Finals, live on ESPN. Uh, but seriously, the Cavs have gotten through like a bloodbath of a schedule and have absolutely smashed it. Like They've been pretty lucky running into teams who have also missed some of their dudes, but meanwhile, the Cavs are also copying uh, injuries and shit left, right, and center. I am Matty S. At NBA Australia, yeah, nah. King James totally had COVID and took the Rogan McCullough kitchen sink treatment. <laughs> Was better two days later, but is too corporate to admit it. <laughs> yeah, nah. I do think it's pretty funny, like that LeBron James has been very, very circumspect about the way he talks about anything to do with COVID. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like, yeah, Rusty was in and out of the uh, protocols pretty quickly. And it's like, LeBron, man, look, are we going to put it past him to have actually had it? And then, like, it's popped up positive, as it did when they stopped him out there in Sacramento, sent him home, and they're like, nah, turns out it was a false positive. It's like, yeah, because he had the kitchen sink treatment. <laughs> That's a good one. But, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, just saying. And then a great one from a buddy, Alex. Yeah, nah, could you give us your definition of an NBA flog and whether you think Reggie Miller, strictly speaking, fits the criteria? Yeah, nah, yes, Reggie's a massive flog. Because this is one of those things, like to define like a commentator as a flog, pretty easy because, you know, they can act like his numbers, how his career finished, etc., is fine, whatever. But you know, you just know that it's not and that he's 100% probably killed, like rage killed a drifter or something, right? Because like the commentator flog is pretty easy because... They talk out their ass about what it was like in their day. They talk themselves, or at least their battles up, pretty hardcore. And But when they're sort of pressed on it, they sort of lean into like a weird false modesty. 
And they do talk about battles like, ah, oh, well, you know, we did this time and time again. It's like, it happened three times. You need to settle the fuck down kind of vibes. And, like, you think about with uh, Reggie, like, a lot of the time it's like, ah, oh, me and Michael had all these battles. It's like, but Reggie, he kicked your ass for over a fucking decade, mate. You need to just pull the pin on you. Oh, we were basically equals. It's like Clyde Drexler. He's like, hey, tell me how was Michael Jordan better than me? It's like, I don't know, Clyde, the six fucking rings, you idiot. Jesus, you know, those kind of vibes. Um, but the thing that gets me about how Reggie Miller being a flog is like the stupid fucking smirk that he talks <laughs> Like he's already got he's already got that on his face the entire time as he talks. Um, but in terms of like actual commentator flog, like Chris Webb is more of a flog even than Reggie, right? Like, thank God they finally realized that half like basically what towards the end of last season, TNT, like we need to get rid of Chris Webber because he is fucking horrible. Um, he also had the gall to talk shit and criticize players about their performances in like big games or in clutch situations. And literally anybody who had ever paid attention to basketball was like, hang on. Chris Webber was fucking horrible in big games and in clutch situation. That's literally what he's best known for. What is happening? Like, that's incredible. So he was horrible at that sort of shit. And also would just basically be a word fucking salad. Uh, and Jeff Van Gundy is a flog as well because, like, you get the feeling that he thinks he's a better coach than literally everyone still in the NBA. But at the same time, he defends every other coach in the NBA because they're all so hard done by, but, like, everybody. And none of them have ever made a wrong decision. That's some, like, definite, definite flog-worthy vibes when you are going into bat and you are saying shit that you basically patently know is untrue. And that's kind of across the board with, like, Reggie, JVG, Chris Webber, etc. And, yeah, so I guess, like, you know, if it's the one who talks himself up above and beyond what they actually did and, like, or doesn't want to give credit or credence to modern players for doing what they do or thinks that their day was harder just because, oh, the basketball, well, back in my day. Yeah, the basketball in your day was worse, you idiot. Shut up. Like, that's one of my bugbears. Like, I think we could probably even do that as a... Uh, now, look at me, please. Look at me. Unpopular opinion in the day. Like, there's a reason the game is less physical and the hard men of yesteryear aren't around because they got played out of existence. The same things happen in AFL, right? Like, if you're not skilled enough, you're not going to fucking last. And, like, Reggie Miller, come on, Kev. You know that Reggie's always fuming that, A, he never won a title and, B, that he's not playing now and putting up 15 threes a game. <laughs> that would eat you up on the inside. But either way, Reggie Miller can go fuck himself. Look, I think he's... He's slowly, slowly, slowly gotten less annoying over time. And I think not having the combo of Reggie Miller and Chris Webber on TNT broadcast is huge. But Reggie, still a massive fucking flog. And uh, But look, I think it's just his personality that rubs me the wrong way. And I think it's because he's a fuckhead. But either way, <laughs> there you go. Uh, also an unpopular opinion of the day. I love that Embiid hit those shots, but... Uh, just saying, like, shouldn't he have gotten a bit closer? Made it an easier shot. Embiid, like, you're the biggest dude out there by, like, a foot and a half. Like, get the fuck in the paint, mate. Anyway, Outback Tokyo's for today. It's Tuesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a tough one just before Christmas, writing commiseration cards to all my staff's families that they died on the job, but it's just what we have to do because week in, week out, the Tuesday special gets out of its cage 
and slaughters bloody everyone here. I don't know how I keep surviving, but I'll tell you what. Cassowary casserole only at Outback is bloody delicious. Only at Outback. Joel Embiid is the best big man since Shaq, and it's not even fucking close. Only at Outback. I mean, I think you saw it today, right? That was just unreal. I don't know if that's that much of a flame-grilled take, but Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, Dwight. <sighs> Embiid, Joker. There's just like, it's a weird, awesome generation thing right now where we're seeing a bunch of awesomely dominant big men, and I fucking love it, and uh, I'm kind of here for it. So. so that's one of those things where people go, oh, the game has changed so much. It's like, yeah. But now we've got like a bunch of big dudes kicking ass and taking names, and that is fucking sick. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after, let's say, Hammer. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Real quick, what do Chris Paul, NASA Commander, Scott Kelly, and Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian have in common? Well, they're on Knowable, which is a rad new app where really smart people teach you cool stuff all the time, and it's rad. There's like, basically, it's Spotify for learning shit, and it's just great. So go check it out. And uh, the bloke from NASA talks about space. Chris Paul talks about plant-based lifestyles. It's just gnarly, right? So go check it out. 100 other experts plus waiting to teach you something new. Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code STRAYA. You'll get 20% off. It's awesome. Get smart today. What are you doing? Life's too short not to be smart. Jingling Joe Ingles and the Australian play. Watch that win over Shale today. Six points. He goes two of seven, all of which came from downtown. Also had five rebounds, four assists, and a turnover in his 26 minutes. Not a bad game from Jingles. Also went past 5,000 career points. Ah, here we go. Where is it? Jingles! Pipe it up. There you go. Yeah, you've done great. We're very proud of you. We really are. Uh, 5,000. That is awesome. For a bloke who got cut by the Clippers, landed on the Yaz. He's done bloody good, hasn't he? The man from... The boy from Happy Valley. Uh, Aussie Matty T against Boston. He started, as I mentioned, 32 minutes and 7 points. Went 3 of 5 from the floor. 1 of 3 from downtown. I mentioned that was a big 3-2 that he hit. Uh, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 steals and a block. Did a great job on Tatum. Was just a menace everywhere. You love it. Josh Giddy! Giddy! Up! Unbelievable game, wasn't it? Oh my god, he did everything and I loved. I reckon just about every second of that game. Like, he missed a couple of free throws, whatever. You get that on the big jobs. But he had 19 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, and a steal. He shot 7 of 16 from the floor, 3 of 8 from 3. That was great, 2 of 6 in the line, but whatever. Three turnovers as well. Tough one. Uh, but that's in back-to-back wins. Last couple of days, he's averaged uh, 13.5 points, 11.5 rebounds, and 10.5 assists. And he's 19. He's the second youngest player in the NBA. So, yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. Just averaging a triple-double in the last two games. Just saying. And rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landau. Big cock jock, as mentioned, got in there, smashed the clips. Eight points, five rebounds. That's a new NBA career high for him. One assist and one block. It was two, then it got negated. Three of five from the floor. An incredible two of two from downtown. You absolute legend. Rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landale. 
Out there crushing it. He might land on the old Shane Hill shooter shoot chair shot, light him up award soon. Let's go do that right now. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill. Shoot his shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. Desmond Bone. You might have been born, you might have grown to be a shooter, but I was born a shooter, says Desmond Bain. He's been crushing it. So Jar Morant, so I've followed the Grizzlies pretty closely, I reckon, since Jar's been out. Not just because i got Jar on a couple of the old fantasy teams, but Bain is unreal. Not only do I love him for his uh, name, but I love his game. So the December, he's over 43% from downtown. He's hit over four threes five times in his last 11 games. And in the last four games... Desmond Bain has gone 15 of 30 from downtown. Unbelievable. He's a menace. I absolutely love it. And it's absolutely Shane Hill's shooter, shoot, 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 light him up award because this year, like Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach, is just like, oh, yeah, let's just play Desmond Bain way more. And Desmond, whenever you want to shoot, mate, just fucking do it. He's like, all right, I'm a shooter. I'm going to shoot. Ergo, he's just gone and won the Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Shoot Your Shot Light Him Up Award for today. Love it. <laughs> All right. Jingling Joe Ingles is the uh, Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in for today. Because I just mentioned that Jingles hit 5,000 career points, didn't I? And the cool part about that was Jingles tweeted that out. And just with a little bit of a, uh, bit of a love heart there with it. Because it was an awesome one from Jingles where... The Jazz, tweet out the picture. Congrats on 5,000 career points, Jingle and Joe Ingles, at Joe Ingles 7, hashtag ultra moment. And it's just a picture of Joe, eyes open, mouth weirdly open. <laughs> but 5K club, it is awesome. And Jingles retweeted that saying, love heart emoji. Absolutely love to see that. So some good stuff. Unreal. Right, let's do the game previews and picks then from today and tomorrow. Let's do it. Game previews. Game previews. Oh, thanks, inadvertent Bane, not Desmond. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, mate. Crazy week. You know, the lead up to fucking Chrissy. I'll tell you that much. Uh, got What a gig tomorrow. We're trying to do an NFL Australia in there as well. Uh, but, you know, it's all right. We'll survive. Uh, we're three of six on the picks today because, uh, luckily, they're the ones that I had money on. Um... Yeah, as I mentioned, the Warriors missing out in the head-to-head with Boston. I probably uh, would have ended up still going with Boston, even with you know a line. But, you know, three of six, that's all right. So we're 249 of 448 for this season. So we're still doing all right. I'd love to see it. Wednesday, we've got five games tomorrow. We've got the Indiana Pacers going up against the Miami Heat. Down in Miami, their half-point underdogs are Indy. And I think I'm going to take Indy. I think, look, Miami are tough. You never will know what's going to happen. They're one of the hardest teams to predict game to game with the picks because they tend to win a lot. They also don't tend to like cover a lot, which is weird. So India are half-point underdogs. I'm just going to have to go, to in, go with India and hope that because they're a little bit more healthy, maybe they're a little bit better and they can win that one on the road in Miami. Detroit, they go to the Knicks. That's going to be fun. Uh, the Pistons, and when I say fun, I mean Knicks fans are going to be absolutely spewing because... I've got Detroit to cover. I think, holy shit, I've gone like a bunch of underdogs here. Uh, I've gone Detroit plus nine and a half because, look, as bad as Detroit have been, they sort of just tend to stick with teams. They're very bad. Don't get me wrong. But the Knicks, 
if there's one team that is like not built to blow out teams and sort of play down to their opposition, it's the Knicks. I just can't favor them nine and a half points with anybody. So I had to go with Detroit plus nine and a half. New Orleans are playing Portland. I think Dame is uh, doubtful for this one with a uh, sore hammy. So I'm going to go to the Pelicans. They were somehow plus one and a half. So I'm jumping that not jumping on that in a heartbeat. Dallas, Minnesota. I have no idea who is playing in this game. Is it Carl Anthony Towns versus the Extreme Zinger Mill? I don't think Zinger might be playing. So you've got to go like maybe Minnesota, even without half their goddamn team, they still might have a little bit more talent than Dallas. Like, even with just D'Lo and Cat and then a bunch of replacement players, Dallas is basically down to uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson. Maybe Tim Hardaway. Yeesh. I'm going to have to go to the Wolves minus one and a half. And then finally, the Suns go to LA to take on the Lakers. Chris Paul. Going to love this. Devin Booker's back. I'm going the Suns minus six and a half. The Lakers, no AD. Aiton, like we've seen this before. It was literally the playoffs last year. I'm going to go the Suns minus six and a half. CP3 and Rondo, the battle is rejoined. You love that. And uh, Brooklyn, Washington is also was due for tomorrow, but it's postponed, obviously, with uh, neither team, I think, basically having enough dudes to a ga- for a game. So there you go. Five games tomorrow. Should be good. I'm excited. And we're going to wrap it all up for you tomorrow. That's what we do here. So in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IG. We're all over the socials all the time. You know that. Uh, check out NFL Australia, myself and Gaz. Uh, there'll be a later show this week because this... Week's not done until tomorrow. <laughs> so, eesh, talk about COVID. Uh, Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Go subscribe to that over on YouTube. Uh, Adam has wrapped up his season. Talking about a great 12 months for all the Aussies. So go check it out. Follow him, FWCIE, on Twitter as well. NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating review on your podcast app. Go on. You can now rate it on Spotify. Go do that. Come on. Quick, 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 quick. Do it now. Uh, Manscaped.com. Use the code STRAY. Get 20% off and free shipping. TheDailyLicker.com. Use the code STRAY and get a free six-pack. And Knowable. Download that and get 20% off with the code STRAY. Big thanks. I've got to go to From Ozo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. And also big thanks to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Gold Mines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, however you keep track of your bands, whatever. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. All right, we'll close out with a brand new Jingles HR. It's about Chrissy presence. <laughs> and we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosanna. G'day, Joe Ingalls here, head of Jingles HR. That's right, the world's leading HR solutions firm. Because, yep, when I'm not sinking threes, blowing kisses, getting excited for Chrissy with the fam, or making very funny IG stories, I'm out here enjoying my real estate in Paul George's head. And I'm the world's leading HR expert here to help you with all your HR questions and problems. So, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes from a... Oh, Jock in San Antonio. I think I might know who this is. 
Dear Joe, you dickhead. Oh, bloody hell. Come on, settle down. My boss doesn't seem to like me much and I never get invited into big projects and he barely utilises any of my skills at all. So, do I have to get him an Xmas prezi? What do you reckon? Cheers, big ears, jock. San Antonio. Oh, <laughs> well, look, cheers for writing in, mate. Yeah, cheers, Jock. That's me old mucker, Jock, I reckon. Uh, but, yeah, I'll tell you what, this is a tough one. But as a HR manager, you know that my advice is always going to err on the side of unless they're sexually or physically harassing folks or abusing folks, do what you need to make your boss happy and take notice of you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'd get your boss. In fact, I'd actually get all of your managers in your department a nice bottle of wine or a bottle of scotch or just something nice and small but thoughtful because it is a great chance to get in their good side and at least remind them if you aren't being involved in the day-to-day, it reminds them that you exist and that you're thoughtful and that you're still bloody there because your boss is probably just trying to get by day in, day out, same as you, and if you stand out with a thoughtful little Chrissy Prezi, look, they'll likely be impressed or at the very least appreciative that you took the time. So there you go, Jock. As we say here at Jingles HR, prezies make everyone happy. So you may as well just get your boss a bloody Christmas prezzy and hope that it all works out all right for you. I mean, if you're an Aussie as well, Jock, and I'm pretty sure you are, you might as well make it a nice bottle of Aussie red as well. You know, just so they remember who it came from. Just a nice little point of difference. We love a good POD here at Jingles HR. All right, so there you go. That's pretty easy. I hope that helps you out, mate. I hope the boss takes notice of you soon. And that's all we've got time for this week on uh, the Christmas Jingles HR. Remember, look after yourselves at your Christmas parties. Don't go too hard. I've been Joe Ingalls. Have a bloody ripper Chrissy, everybody. And get some food and prezzies up ya. Yeah.